Hello, friends. Lee Henson Hasty. Sorry, just a minute or two uh, late taking those last few bites of lunch. Uh, honestly, we're both leaving meetings that we're coming to. So thanks for your patience. Kenda, thanks for making time today to be here on Leading Theologically. It's good to see you. It's great to be here. Thanks, Lee. Okay, thanks so much. Um, and uh, if you folks do not know uh, Kenda Creasy Dean, she is the Mary Y. Senate. Is that right? Professor of Youth, Church, and Culture at Princeton Theological Seminary. She's an ordained United Methodist pastor in the Greater New Jersey Annual Conference. Um, she teaches theology, education, formation. She's involved with the Princeton's Institute of Youth Ministry, as well as I'm looking forward to visiting in, in 2023 the Farminary. Um, among many other things, the Zoe project, there's some, so many cool things, ministry incubators, um, please Google Kenda Creasy Dean, and you're going to learn some wonderful things. <laughs> um, and I, and we're here to talk about her book, uh, innovating for love. If you haven't seen it uh, recently out, um, but, uh, before we do that, let me, uh, just ask Kenda if she would respond to a question I ask each of my guests. Um, it's a it's a really a question about call, and it comes in multiple forms. Um, I think my my favorite is from Howard Thurman. Mm -hmm. What is it that is making you come alive? Because what the world needs, he says. I'm glad you're nodding. Yeah. <laughs> are people who are coming alive. So I, I think of you, and I see your smile. You are coming alive. And how, how about today? What's making you come alive? Um, I, I come alive every time I get to meet with a student and I just had coffee mm. with a student that I hadn't met before. So that is always, um, a, that's always a joyful, hopeful thing. Um, but we're also working on some very cool things right now that, um, have to do with young adults and faith and, um, um, and also, um, how to prepare leaders through seminary education that actually prepares them to be change makers in the world. So um, there's a lot of energy around that right now here. Well, and I had uh, as a guest uh, Heath Carter. Uh, it's been it's been a minute, but uh, just <laughs> as the the new curriculum is sort of being birthed and coming you know, coming together, so that's part of it. I would imagine is mm -hmm. this uh, new formation. Were you, you involved? You're involved in that, I guess, the whole faculty. But I suspect I could see you being very involved. <laughs> Yeah. in that process of that new curriculum. Yeah, I was definitely involved. It's kind of hard to avoid it when you're on the faculty right, and you're revising right. the curriculum, but yeah. Right, um, right. And Jackie Lapsley was on the show too, your dean. Um, so thanks for what you're doing there. Yes, students, my father-in-law was uh, taught for many years in uh, theological education, Glenn Henson. And mm -hmm. something I learned from him, he said is, Yes, he taught courses. Yes, he taught subjects. But what he really taught were students. And that's what I hear you. It's that relationship with a student that gives you joy oh, yeah. in life. Um, and I imagine it drives. One of the things he also said is the 30 books or so that he wrote, they all came from student questions. That's how they, they end it. Is that, would that be true for you with this, this new book? Uh, maybe so. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's a good way to frame it. Maybe my questions too, but I, right. sometimes, I th sometimes I think they're the same. 
Right. Well, um, and it, it seems like, I mean, what I, I know of the book and heard about the book, I, mine has not arrived. Uh, it was supposed to be here, but it's not here. So I've been reading about the book um, that it really has a direction toward um, leaders uh, and in, in faith communities, in particular Christian faith communities mm -hmm. uh, is the audience um, that are that are there. I guess I want to say they're putting relationships first, mm -hmm. right? Is that right? Does that yeah. mean? So starting with a question, what I love is, um, and I heard you say, say about the book is, yes, the question of why the Simon Sinek is, it's an important question, but for Christian communities, the question of who. Yeah, we, start, we always start with who, right? Yeah, <laughs> the, who, the who of Jesus Christ and the who of the human that's in front of us. So, yeah. yeah. So, tell, yeah, how did, how did, how, has that always been sort of where you've come from in your ministry or why are you naming it, naming that, that particular way these days? Yeah, that I'm glad you asked that because um, it has a very specific Genesis and uh, it came from uh, when I went to seminary at Wesley seminary in Washington, DC. And my advisor um, was the person who scared me the most and formed <laughs> me the most both. And okay. her name was Robin Moss. And she had a saying she's, that the most important thing in um, Christianity isn't what, but who. And therefore, the most important thing in, let's say, youth ministry, which I was studying, um, isn't what, but who. And that was a radical thought for me because I came from, you know, a long line of people doing youth ministry whose primary question every week was, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And she's right. like, no, wrong question, wrong question. Yeah. And that that really emblazoned itself in me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that's the genesis of where um, my thinking about this work comes from. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, I mean, it's sort of like passing on the, yeah, <laughs> the mentoring. I, it, it, only, it, yeah. Keeps I, getting passed on. <laughs> I, on my best days, I hope I channel her. That's true. That's beautiful. Um, I'm giving thanks. I do not know Robin M-O-S-S. M-A-A-S. Yeah, she's retired now. She's in Arlington, Virginia. Okay, so. beautiful. I've got to read some some Robin Mouse now. <laughs> I've, learned, <laughs> I've learned about. I've been an admirer of you, so I better probably be an admirer of her and what she's done. Um, that I mean, It makes a lot of sense as somebody who served in, in a youth ministry role and campus ministry role. Yeah, I always got so worked up about the programs, but I see those people decades later just had um, uh, a mentee spend the night with me with her infant newborn baby on her way from oh, one call beautiful. to another. And we didn't talk about any of the programs. Never, <laughs> never. Nobody ever remembers the programs that no. you spend so much time on. Yeah. There and... may be a story that happened during the program, <laughs> but, but it's the, it's, it's our relationship that really matters. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's a theological conviction, right? Because yeah. if, if, if Christianity is fundamentally a relationship with Christ rather than um, the way we worship or the church that we go to or whatever that, whatever else it is, right. um, it really does have pretty profound implications on how we do everything else. Not that we don't get caught up in the wrong stuff all the time. I do anyway. Right. Oh, one, I mean, yeah, it's easy to kind of get, um, get sidetracked. That's for sure. Friends, uh, thanks for being here. If you're here with us live today, please put, uh, whether you're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or 
Twitter, let us know that you're here, where you're from. If if uh, you want to give out an amen or an exclamation point, we'd love to see that in the chat or even uh, questions or comments, other questions or comments. So thanks for being here. Um, so uh, the let's talk a little bit about, let's exegete this title, Innovating for Love. <laughs> Innovation, social entrepreneurship, all this kind of thing is is sort of the fad right now. I mean, a little bit. I mean, there's great stuff. I don't want to discount that. There's some exegete, you know, people are exegeting their context and doing all these things. And, you know, everybody wants to be out working, you know, out of the box and doing something new, you know, having a, there's a whole web, you know, whole Facebook group, big ideas and youth ministry, you may know, but, you know, <laughs> but um, innovation. Tell, talk to me about innovation. Where where does that come from? The love makes sense. The relationship. What about the innovating part? Uh, yeah, that's always a, a problematic question because I really don't like the word. But <laughs> I haven't. And, and there's plenty of critique out there about it. And it's justified. But I do think that as people of faith, we have a chance to reframe it. And um, I haven't been able to find a better word. That's the problem with it. Um, and Frank, you know, uh, there is something to be said for the, the root of innovation is novum, a new thing in Latin. Mm -hmm. And as you know, God talks about doing a new thing in scripture. Right. So I, I tend to think that, um, a new thing, whatever we call that is part of God's signature. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's not so much about dusting off, tweaking or anything else. God goes for it. You know, God mm -hmm. does the radical new thing, um, which I take resurrection to be the kind of creation. You can pick a lot of different things, but you right. know, bringing life from death is uh, constitutionally <laughs> new. And right. so um, what that means for me is that I think what we have to figure out as Christians is how to rely on God's novum, God's innovation, mm. rather than on ours. It's about God's ideas more than ours. We can't out-innovate God, Amen. but God does invite us to participate in the new thing that God is doing, and that's where we come in. And our best efforts at trying to be with people in new ways is really our way of trying to be with people the way God was with us, is with us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, so it's every kind of social innovation the church can, comes up with really boils down to what is a what is a way we can be with people in a way that emulates the way God is with us and maybe can be a conduit for that. But it's um, that's a very different <laughs> Christian innovation, you know, and if anyone has a better word, please, I'm really in the market for one. But it, <laughs> right. it is has nothing to do with building a better mousetrap. Mm. It is not about building a better church. It is not about fixing the church. Mm. Um, it is about participating in God's new thing, which is being with us along the way in ways that bring, you know, life to the dead places. Well, and so how does that, how does that start? What, what is sort of a Christian practice where innovation for love begins? Can you think of uh, a particular Christian practice? Well, I tend to think that uh, that all Christian practices feed into that because what what living a 
Christ-like life looks like is a very upside down way mm -hmm. of being in the world, right? <laughs> the things that matter are low to the ground, not high in the air. The things that you see, you notice are, are different from the things that you notice if you're in a position of, you know, power mm -hmm. authority, the thing, you know, God literally turned things on their head, you know, mm -hmm. with the coming of Christ. And so for us to um, walk in the way of Christ means that we're trying to see with Christ's ears or, or Christ's eyes and mm -hmm. hear with God's ears and all the things that go with that. And it is the way we do that is through Christian practices, right? Mm -hmm. By making ourselves attentive to God in mm -hmm. prayer, by making... Mm -hmm. By, by, I don't know how we figure this out unless we read scripture seriously. You know, I, I think the, the, the very act of compassion in the face of busyness is um, a testimony to mm -hmm. that upside down way of life. Um, taking time out for Sabbath or to, for worship, that's not something of society based on production or mm -hmm. better, faster, stronger yeah really wants to do. it's not about efficiency right <laughs> and so it's a very different way of living and mm -hmm. every christian practice is really designed to nudge us in that direction mm -hmm. um so i don't know that there's just one mm -hmm. um i think we and we i my hunch is we all have our favorites we all have some practices we're better right. at and some that we're terrible at i that that's definitely <laughs> me but we they all kind of get us in the same room you know, yeah, it's it sounds like what door we go through. It's that's I love that. Um, uh, and like just practice them. I remember, yes. you, know, uh, you know, again, from my father in law, if people just read the Bible, you know, there would be something, it would be amazing. But I hear in that, and maybe because um, I had Barbara Brown Taylor on the show and she was amazing, and, and her book, Altars in the World, you know, kind, uh, I love of, that kind of distills down some Christian practice, but I hear one of them and, and you could go to a lot of them in the book, but paying attention, listening, noticing uh, in prayer, but also the comp in compassion in your relationships, you're, 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 you're not, it's, it's not about what you, you're sort of dreaming up, but you're watching what is happening. There's some missional components. I know that's a kind of a trendy word too, but um, it, it's, it feels more, um, outwardly, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of God focused, but also what God is up to in the world and joining that. Yeah. Are there stories of people that you, I mean, I know in the book, there's a few um, <laughs> stories yeah, of, of how you've seen this happen, because that may help people. Ultimately, we love, we don't have enough time here to, to really uh, unpack everything, but I want folks to, to read the book and get to know your ministry more. Uh, well, there, there are so many <laughs> and the thing, I mean, the thing is, I heard um, Ryan Mafilio, who teaches um, at Candler, say this yesterday, and it was so profound for me. He made the observation that, you know, when Jesus was re resurrected, people didn't recognize him. Mm. And Ryan was wondering is if God is resurrecting the church in new ways, maybe we don't recognize it as being church. Maybe we don't, maybe it's not clear to us oh. whether it's church. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So there are a lot of these ministries that I think of that, you know, they they don't present themselves as churches. And yet there is, you know, God is being glorified in them in big ways. And people are mm -hmm. gathering in communities in ways that are different. So some of the, I mean, 
let, let's see, where do I start? I take <laughs> classes every year, uh, about every year to um, Kenita, North Carolina to meet with Richard Joyner. Um, this is a, one of our farminary classes. So we work in the garden at school and then we go, Richard Joyner has um, mm -hmm. created, he's, he's revived a community um, that had amazing, they were in a food desert, terrible health problems simply by um, farming with the, with the children, basically. With the, the, children. the adults didn't want to help him so that he got, did it with the kids. <laughs> and they brought fresh fruit and vegetables and so on into the diets of the people in this community and radically turned the health of that community around. Wow. And the, to the point where the local hospital called to say, what's going on? Because they were used to having lots of ambulance runs to Kanita. And this one year, they, the ambulance runs dropped dramatically. That's amazing. And it turned out the reason was that because a pastor started a garden with a bunch of kids. <laughs> and of course, you know, the spinoff effects of that. So, so. But he this, noticed that he noticed the food desert. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Name the reality. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, ask God what to do with it. He's got a great story about how that all happened. But the, um, the idea, you know, you look at that starting a garden, is that innovative? Well, for a church, Mm -hmm. It often is mm -hmm. um, for a community to um, look to its young people to turn their way of living upside down. Mm -hmm. That feels like a really profoundly gospel move to me. Mm -hmm. And um, wellness and health are part of what Richard, he's a pastor. He preaches on Sundays to this community. <laughs> um, so he cares for them. And um, so that's one. I mean, there's an, another ministry that I love that, um, a couple of young women, they were on the youth ministry staff of this church in Iowa. And the when they got the uh, position, um, the head of the outreach um, organization at the church called Megan in and said, so listen, here's what we think we need to do in this ministry. We need to do something with girls and we need to solve racism. Go. You know? <laughs> so she, she's, I don't know how old she is at the time, 23 maybe. She didn't know what else to do. So she called the girls together from various school districts and she laid it out and said, here's what, here's what the charge is. You know, what, what do you think we should do? And these were girls that came from different economic walks of life and different churches and right. different theological backgrounds. And they, they said, oh, you know what? I think we need, I think we need more pie. We should bake pie. <laughs> so they started a pie. I bake. mean, I mean, what? I right. Mean <laughs> now i may we may decide which kind of pie we want but well they these girls who didn't know each other from they went to different schools and so on but they got together they started a pie bakery in the church originally and um you know they you don't what would happen is they paid the girls about 40 bucks a week to be part of the program it's called try pie if you're try googling pie. it and they um they would get together every every week, couple, two or three times a week. And on one day, they'd learn some life skills. On another day, they'd learn how to bake pies. That took a little longer than they thought. And <laughs> on another day, they'd do kind of ramped up confirmation. And um, so they had this, this view of life skills that was very much fused with their faith. And then they'd sell pies to their churches on the weekends. Well, now they have a brick and mortar store and a food truck. And a lot more young people are involved in it. It's a it's a big deal now in that community. Wow. Um, but it came about because, you know, a bunch of kids got together and said, let's try it. 
Well, and I love, I mean, this is the, the person, the leader didn't try to sort of impose an idea. And there was, there was, uh, you know, some needs, you know, some hopes named. Um, and then, you know, just ask those people, you know, right. what do they need? What are they? I mean, there's a, I'm thinking about, there's a young man here in Louisville. Um, I've talked about him. I think I've talked about him here before, but um struggled with mental illness and he got mentored as a beekeeper um and now you know honey and beekeeping becomes a way uh, and also it's you know it's a way to for him to actually promote his own mental well-being and and share that with others i mean it's interesting what you're saying too is how i think this shift on what is church I, i was with another friend who hosts people for meaningful conversations where they ask a question, you know, over soup about three or four times a year. And mm-hmm. apparently they're being named as a church, you know, even though they're not seeking to be a church, but that is, I mean, that's, yeah. that, and they're figuring out a mission together outward. I mean, that's just an ecclesiological shift that you're, that you're yeah. sort of um, pointing toward. It feels like. I, I, I ask this question a lot, but I do think it kind of boils down to, how much, asking this question, how much of the church as we know it are we willing to let go of in order to follow Jesus? Mm. And I I think we're in a place where there's plenty that we can let go of and not fear that that God has let go of us. Um, so uh, I, I think that there's an awful, as you know, you, you mentioned I'm United Methodist and you may know that the United Methodists are going through a little turmoil right now. And <laughs> Welcome to our world. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of fear, you know, in and mm-hmm. how do we how do we keep how do we keep the institution going? How do we keep um, how do we keep churches in the denomination? How do we how do we just keep the the shape of our you know faith alive? Mm-hmm. I really don't think God's worried about that. You right. Know, I think. I, I think we'll be okay if, even if everybody disaffiliated, we're part of a movement more than a denomination anyway. That's historically true. Right. But the long and the short of it is we have often traded in, you know, how we do our faith for who we do our faith for, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's so much around how, what, where, when, why, you know, and not enough about who. Um, I think that's, I appreciate you emphasizing the question. Friends, we have just about five more minutes. So please let us know you hear Susie Watson Burns from Montreat, Jody Porter from Atlanta. Thanks for being here. Um, Guy Rebecca Basinger, it's good to see you. I'm Dillsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, we'll have to catch up soon. I'd love to do that. Anybody else who's here, let us know questions, um, that raise up. Um, I have to say, and you have you friends, you can look at the 22 page CV <laughs> of, of Kenda Creasy Dean. Or um, don't um, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some great stuff, but what something jumped out to me, if I can find it, let's see here. I was on there. It's, it's in Switzerland. I don't know if it's still going. Um, I, I have an affinity for Switzerland and that part of the world, but it's an Emmaus. Yeah. Um, Collegium Emmaus. Yeah. yeah. And um, Christian Social Innovation, Christian Leadership Convocation. Tell us about, I'm just curious. I mean, it seems like that ties in. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> 
Well, they, it ties in in the, in the sense that um, the people who started it are very much part of a, a new thing within a state church system in Switzerland. The um, uh, Collegium is a group of scholars who, who basically are doing their scholarship for the sake of renewing the church rather than for the sake of academic academy. Um, I see. So, but one of the way they started is a great origin story. The, the, um, if you go back about 25 years, it, it came out of a church actually that's there. It's part of the state church of Switzerland. Um, but go back 25 years and it turns out there were a bunch of kids that went through confirmation. Wow. And they went through confirmation and confirmation was over and they looked at each other and said, okay, well, well, what do we do now? We're confirmed right. in this. Th and, and they said, well, I don't know. I guess we start a church. I guess that's what people do. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so literally they started a church, these teenagers, and the guy who's the pastor there now and has been was one of those kids. Wow. And um, Walter is behind this Collegium Emmaus, along with some people at the University of Zurich and some others um, who who see what they are doing as they they see it as mission. Nobody called it. No, nobody called any of this Christian social innovation five years ago. It was just <laughs> you're doing the things Christians do. Right. And um, <laughs> but they have an amazing um, community wide um, witness. They they have a church with all the things that churches do. Um, and they are but they have a very um, outward focused mm -hmm. way of being in the world, which is undergirded by like a, a 24 hour prayer room that's part of that community. Wow. Um, and so it's an enormous um, inspiration for me, it's, it, actually. You know, I think finding these stories and these, and it's happening. I tell people there's wonderful things happening. People say the churches are closing and dying. And I'm like, well, yeah, but there's stuff starting and there's, there's amazing ministry happening. Um, still just a few more minutes, a couple other folks, let us know they're here. Katie, Stenna, good to see you. Albany, New York. John Wall from uh, Chagrin, is that right? Falls, Ohio, Louisville, Kentucky native. Good to see you. And, and Leanne Ketchum asked this question. She's from Anderson, Indiana. Would oh, I know Leanne. Leanne, this is good. Okay. How, <laughs> how missional innovation uh, uh, impacts theological education and pastoral identity formation, which is kind of circling back to where we started. Um, and hey, Vicki, good to have you here too, Sumner. Uh, yeah, well, Leanne, that's, that is actually the subject of this grant that we're working on that start, we're starting it with a meeting in at the first week of December. So, um, there are going to be a bunch of people getting together to figure out what is it like to form people who are going to be faith leaders, mm -hmm. um, in ways that, in ways that help them understand this participating in, um, God's new thing, um, mm -hmm. in in both practical and theological ways um, mm. to be a part of what they're they're formed for and what ministry looks like is participating in that so um yeah I, I mean we're all poking the box right now so leanne i'm trusting you to be doing your part to poke <laughs> right. that box. send your send your message your emails i mean we're in this together i love that friends we're running out of time i do want to thank uh kenda you for being here um and, two, and I'd like to invite you uh, in just a moment to bless and send us, charge us, however you like to do a benediction. Sure. 
Um, but first, let me just invite folks. In two weeks, I'll have with me Death, Dr. Beth McCaw. She'll be, I think, along the same lines, moving past nostalgia and fear. She is uh, teaches and is uh, on staff at the University of Butte Theological Seminary, but also is in mid-council a governing body leader uh, at the same time. She's doing two things <laughs> at the same time. Um, and then uh, the show in December is our co-moderators in the Presbyterian Church, Siobhan Starling Lewis, who I think is a Princeton alum. Is that right? I believe she is. I should know this. I Ruth don't know. Gray, Ruth Santana sure. Grace, I think, is. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, in Philadelphia, Theology of Calling um, is what we're titling now. And then in January, we have some fun shows with Frank Spencer from the Board of Pensions and Jennifer Warner from Portola Valley. California. Somebody I'd love for you to meet, Kenda, if you don't know her. Super interesting, innovative person in general. I don't know anybody. She Christian practices and what she notices. It's just amazing. So people, I hope you'll join us um, you know, for these shows coming up um, soon. But let me first just thank again, not just for today. Uh, I have to say, um, uh, Dr. Dean, that this the ministry and leadership that you provide and have for generations and continue to um is is and is is that love is spreading i I hear it all the time and just so grateful for who you are and what god is doing in your life that is just like uh robin moss right Uh, Mm -hmm. you're passing it on to just so many leaders thanks for doing that with us today and uh, for the gift that you are and the energy you bring. So excited about this new work in December. We'll be praying with and for you and the seminary as you do that. I'm so grateful. So would you bless and send us? Sure. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for being, being the God who can gather us in this intergalactic way. It defies reason and yet it is the most honest and comfortable thing in the world to be in your presence. Mm. Mm. So for all of the folks who are part of this conversation today, they have busy lives and busy ministries. And we ask that you just take over in their Mm. lives enough that they can let go of the wheel and let you drive for a little while. God, for all of those who are struggling, who don't know that there is a new thing waiting for their, waiting for them to be part of it, who don't know that God is part of their lives unacknowledged. We ask that we can be witnesses to that and that they can find peace in this moment. If no one has prayed for them today yet, Mm -hmm. we pray for them. So take these ministries represented in this call and make them yours. In Christ's Mm -hmm. name we pray. Amen. (laughs) Thank you for that prayer. (laughs) Thank you so much. I I think I need to hear it and I'm sure others did too. And Blessings and peace to you and to everyone. We'll look forward to seeing you soon. And thanks. uh, Peace.